What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 37. Oof. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know what you got to do. Like, subscribe. Uh, head over to YouTube, man. Leave your comments. Uh, Mr. Fourth and Long on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, everywhere. Uh, I'm outside. Excuse me. I'm outside. So make sure you like, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, everywhere. Like, this needs to be. And shout out to those folks that I saw. I went to the mall. Like, I went to the mall. I got, I got here early to the studio, and we weren't ready to go. So there was a mall right across the street. And I went to the mall. And uh, I saw some people that was like, yo, Jesse, man, I love the show. And I was like, wow, man, two people. I'm not saying I was like a mob of people. No, it was two It was two cats, man. And so I appreciate you guys for locking in. And then, you know, because I don't go outside much. I go to work. I go home. I go home. I go to work. Come to the studio, record. I go home. Um, so I don't get a chance to really gauge sometimes, you know, the people outside. I see it on social media. I see by the numbers how things are growing, but when you get a chance to kind of be face-to-face -face people, that's pretty dope. So shout-out to you guys uh, for being there. You, you guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation at the beginning because, let's be honest, most of you, some of you, won't be here at the end. I'm not for everybody. I get it. I understand it. But before you leave me, give me a chance. Give me three episodes, 15 minutes apiece. If you don't like me after those three episodes, find three more to watch. We got 37. We'll have 37 by the time you get a chance to see this. So there's... There's more than enough content where you can go and watch, pick and choose. Hey, by the way, go to the clips page. You don't have to listen to everything. Go to the clips page, find some of the dope clips that you like, share those, use them, steal them. You know, y'all go to the water cooler and be like, yeah, I, I, you know, you can take my stuff and use it and say it's yours. I really don't care, but just make sure you like, subscribe, and do all that kind of stuff that you got to do. If you're going to steal it, at least help me help you make more content. You know what I'm saying? One hand, watch the other. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Uh, but yeah, so let's get right into it, man. Here's what I got for you. This is from the mind of Jesse Holly. Happiness is in the hands of the holder. Happiness is in the hands of the holder. So often we search high and low, near and far for this thing called happiness. We look forward in people, we look forward in jobs, we look forward in relationships. Uh, we look forward in sports. We're constantly looking for other things to be the driving force of our happiness. We look forward in religion, um, politics. I mean, we, we look at every corner. We, we don't leave any stones unturned in search of happiness, of our happiness. When at the end of the day, you control that. You have the power to be happy. The mind part of being happy is because it is caused by what do you deem joyful? What do you deem to be happy? I know a lot of people always equate happiness to money, right? It's like, oh, money can't buy happiness, but it's a damn good down payment. I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know 
personally, people, millionaires who have a ton of money, who have celebrity status, who have fame, who have cars, who have homes, who have jewelry, who have vacation homes, miserable human beings. I know other people, and this is not a cliche, this is real life, who have just enough to get by. And they live some of the most happiest lives you could ever live. They choose to be happy. They choose to do the things within their everyday life that brings them happiness. They eliminate the things that cause them harm, that brings them down, that steals their joy. So we, we, we want to surround ourselves with stuff. And a lot of times that stuff begins to drain the life battery out of you. People, things, jobs, all that stuff at times can drain the life's battery. And then you wonder why you walk around and you're so miserable. But you want to get on social media and you'll get on these different platforms and you'll present your by the bicuspids, the incisors, they're showing. And it's a fake, it's a facade. Because when you close the screen and you close the app and you turn away, you're an unhappy person. But that doesn't come from the people that's on the other side of that phone. That doesn't come from the people at your job or the things that you have or don't have. That, that, is, a, that, is, a, that is a system of self. You are the bearer of the happiness. The happiness that you have in your life, you hold in your hands. You have to figure out what is it, what is it that brings me joy and grasp it and hold the hell on to it. And you have to nurture that. You, you, you have to be a person who protects that. Who keeps that away from the bad people and the bad things that have come to steal that. It's not my job to bring you happiness. If you're in a relationship, it's not your job spouse to bring you happiness. It's their job to take whatever happiness that you've cultivated for your life and help grow it. But if you're waiting for someone else to bring you happiness, well, then they control every bit of emotion that you have. If they can control your happiness, they can make you angry. They can make you sad. They, they, they control the emotions. You have to take full control of that. Happiness is in the hands of the holder. You want it? Go get it. It's out there for you. You got it. Hold on to it. All right, man, let's get into this thing. The Cowboys defeat the Panthers 33-10, to 10, which was... It's a blowout in the score, right? It's, it's a blowout in what we, what we consider a score. And I know a lot of you are looking around and probably watched the game and was like, well... We didn't kind of blow them out the way that I thought that we should blow them out. We 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 kind of we kind of pussyfooted around a little bit and 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 we didn't we played with our food a little bit and, and I want to tell you guys, excuse me, I want to tell you that one of the things that I don't think people realize, and we can sometimes live like like sports puts us in this fantasy world. It puts us in this place of sometimes unrealistic expectations. You, 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 you live in this place of where you think should, things should go and things should be. 
And what the Cowboys have done for the Cowboy Nation this year is they have put you in a place of, I'm so used to the quote-unquote 40 burgers. Especially teams that I get up here and say, and other people get up here and say that they're, 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 they're inferior to you. Not as good. When the reality of it all is, one of the reasons why the National Football League is one of the greatest sports leagues in all of sports anywhere in the world, but number one in North America is because of the parody. It is because week in and week out, despite what Vegas says, it's going to be a close game. That's why when you see Vegas do point spreads, they're not doing point spreads like college. It ain't a 25-point point spread. It ain't a 35-point point spread. In the NBA and NFL, it's three. It's five. If you're really bad, ten. To have a two-score point, point spread is like losing by 40 in college. And the reality is that the Cowboys, when you look at in the league, there's only three teams in all of football that have multiple victories of 20-plus points a game in those victories. Three. Three teams in all of football. The Cowboys have six. And so when you see them sitting players in the fourth quarter and, and guys are not playing, that ain't reality. I mean, they're, they're on a good pace and they're doing what they're supposed to do to these inferior uh, talented, these inferior teams who lack the talent to be on the same field with them. But when you, if you just look at scores all across the league, it's always a one, it's like a, it's a one-score game. It's a one-score game, one-score game, 10. But all these blowouts, these 30-point blowouts and these astronomical blowouts, they, those are just not reality. And so... Um, don't think when you play a team, because you got the commanders coming up here on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. It seems like a 4-7 and seven football team with the commander that they should go out there and just slaughter them. Cool. And I'm with that. I'm like you. I, I want the slaughter as well. But I also understand that that just might not happen. Those guys get paid too. Those offensive and defensive coordinators and those head coaches, they scheme up things too. Football is a, is a very, very, very um, flirtatious lady. And she can love you today and hate you tomorrow. She can give you a little bit today. She can give them a little bit tomorrow. She won't kiss you on first down. She'll smack you on third. That's just the nature of the beast. And so you have to go through these ebb and flow throughout the game and hope that Lady Luck is on your side, that, 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 that the football gods are on your side, that you've done enough work that at the end of it all, you win. And the Cowboys have done that uh, up to this juncture, 7-3 and three on the season. And when you look at this game, the first thing that comes to mind, we always jump to the offense and the quarterback and stuff like that. But I want to give flowers with flowers do. I want to give the, I want to give the dedicated time to give these flowers and also to pat myself on the back. I, I'm going to find a way to get me in here. But Deron Bland, this is a guy who, at the start of the season, 
he was coming in as playing your nickel corner. He's playing the slot guy in nickel packages. You had Trayvon Diggs on one side. You had the grizzled old vet, Stephon Gilmore, on the other side. And you had Deron Bland coming in playing the slot. Well, a couple weeks into the season at practice, Trayvon Diggs goes down and he's out for the year with a torn ACL. And a lot of you, not all of you, but a lot of you, that's it. Uh, this defense is done. We're going to get cooked. We're going to get torched. Deron Bland can't hold up. And I remember telling you all, take a deep breath. Relax. Do you replace Trayvon Diggs? No. Can you adjust to his absence? Yes. In the first year, I watched Deron Bland do things from a cornerback's perspective um, of, of being able to cover and then break on the football. But when the football was in play, he made himself the receiver. And you go back to his first year where he had five interceptions. He wasn't like the – it wasn't tip pass. They were falling to him. Like he was taking them away. Like he was having takeaways where he was going to get the football. In this game, it was a back and it was it wasn't a back and forth game. It never felt like the Panthers were ever in control of the game, but it was tight. It was tight. It was it was it was a one-two score game a lot of the game. And then the floodgates opened up. After Deron Bland, when you go back and you watch the play, you just watch him. They're running a, a crossing route across the field, and he's he's actually beat. Bryce goes to throw the ball, throws it a little bit behind, but the way that he accelerates, keeps his eye on the ball, reaches in, takes the ball, goes back and scores a touchdown, and things begin to go in the Cowboys' favor for real. Broke this up. But I want to give you a little bit of perspective of what Deron Bland has done in his very short NFL career. Remind you, he hasn't even gotten through two seasons. This is season, this is the second half of season two. The second half of season two. Right now, Deron Bland has 11 career interceptions. He's, he's only halfway through season two. And he still has quarterbacks like Sam Howell, who he has to play. Sam Howell had six. The, the commanders had six turnovers last game. Sam Howell was responsible for three interceptions. You got Geno Smith after that. He, he's susceptible to give you one. Jalen Hurts. Then you have the interception king, the turnover king. You have Josh Allen. He'll give you two. And then you end with Jared Goff. And if you watched him play yesterday, you go, wait, Jared Goff will give you two, too, also. So even now, with 11 interceptions in a year and a half, with five games where most of those quarterbacks in those games are prone to give interceptions. There were nine DBs that were taking, that were taken in the draft the 2022 draft ahead of Deron Bland. The nine, the nine combined together, all of them have 13 interceptions total. He has 11 by himself in a season and a half. Nine other dudes combined in a season and a half have 13. Give me some more Deron Bland stats. And this, uh, this stat comes from, I want to give credit, this comes from Brandon Laurie. He said the cornerback Deron Bland has played in 27 regular season games. During that time, he has 92 tackles, 
11 interceptions, 19 passes defended, four defensive touchdowns, 55 snaps, 550 snaps inside the slot, 589 snaps outside. Where would that put him uh, in the quarterback range? And where does he stand in the quarterback range right now in 2023? He's first in PFF defensive grade at 91.1. He's first in top coverage grade at 90.9. He's first in interceptions. He has six total. Four of those are touchdowns. He's first in passes, passer rating allowed, 29.9. Oh, by the way, he has four touchdowns this year. There are only 20 receivers. I didn't stutter, and I didn't make a mistake. There are only 20 receivers in the National Football League. 20 that have more than De'Ron Bland. More touchdown receptions than De'Ron Bland. Think about that. 20 receivers in the entire National Football League have more, tu- have more receiving touchdowns than De'Ron Bland. This kid is playing lights-out football, and he's not, even two year- he's not even a two-year veteran in the NFL. He is calm. He is cool. He is even-keeled. He is a hawk. When the ball is in the air. If he has a chance to get his hands on it, he's going to take it. When they interviewed him last night, and Andrews interviewed him on side, he said, well, I attribute some of that to my high school playing days where I played receiver. He honed some of his skills, his catching ability, playing receiver. This kid, this kid is good. This kid is good. And not only is this kid good, with the way that he's playing, four interceptions, four interceptions return for touchdown this season ties him for the record in the NFL. With the way that he's played, he I'm not saying he's at the top, but he's in the conversation now. If there, if you give me f- f- the top eight, nine, maybe ten candidates for defensive player of the year, Deron Bland's name is in there. It has to be. I know that we use defensive player of the year as kind of a sack award, but what Deron Bland is doing right now is unheard of. It's unheard of, and it should be applauded. His teammate, which I think sometimes goes hand in hand, you normally, when you have a good pass rush, you normally particularly have a good secondary. When you have a good secondary, you normally have a good pass rush. They're tied on a string together. If I can get to the quarterback and hurry the process or allow him to have a one read and one read only, now my DBs are able to sit on some routes, jump routes, uh, uh, the timing is thrown off, and we create turnovers. If I have good coverage on the back end, that means my quarterback, who we're rushing, if he doesn't have a receiver to throw it to, what does he have to do? He either has to tuck it and run or he has to pat the ball for another second, second and a half, two seconds. And sometimes, especially when you have a guy like Micah Parsons chasing the quarterback, that's more than enough time. That's more than enough time. And they got after Bryce Young. I felt bad for the kid. I felt bad for the kid. I, I, don't, I don't play Madden. Don't know how Madden works, but I know they have these ratings. Pocket awareness. Got to be low for Bryce Young. See, Bryce Young, when you was at Alabama, you had all the time in the world. All your linemen were first-round picks. You were throwing the open receivers who were first-round picks. 
your running back is a first-round pick. And even when all things failed and you had to punt the ball away, you marched the defense out there that was all a bunch of first-round picks. They got the ball right back to you. So eventually you got a chance to break through. Ain't the same at this level, brother. And he's realizing that now. And, and, and he had some good plays, and you see some good traits uh, throughout that game from Bryce Young. But overall, they harassed him. Micah Parsons, who was, 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 was blanked a week ago against the New York um, – who did they play a week ago? The Giants? Yes. And Tommy DeVito. Micah Parsons didn't, didn't record a tackle, assist, a pressure, a sack, nothing. And he was a little bit, a little bit pissed. A little bit pissed. Some of the reason that he was kind of a little bit upset, things weren't kind of going his way. He felt like they wasn't calling my number enough. They was having me set other folks up, and, and that was like, yo, I'm, I'm not the setup guy. You have them set me up. I'm the sack guy. No, take it for what it's worth. You feel like it's a good teammate, not a good teammate. That's not my place to, 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 give you the, to, to give you your opinion. But he found his way today in this past game. Two and a half sacks, four tackles, pressures out the wazoo. And I love the way that Dan Quinn schemed him up. I, li- I like this idea that Dan Quinn, and a lot of teams are doing it as well. You initially saw it with, with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, you saw, um, you saw Miles Garrett doing the. And all of a sudden, you say, wait a second. That makes sense. If I can line my tackles and my ends up real wide. And now the offensive guards and the offensive tackles now have to do what? They have to spread out to go get them. When they spread out, it leaves the center a gap with the two-way go. So if I have now Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, Khalil Mack, you name the pass rusher. Now I have him with the center who's Best used in tight quarters with guys having hands and bodies in there to help him out either side of him. Unlike the tackle, who's used to being a, who's used to being a, a, a dancing bear, right? Used to used to working in space and being able to move his feet and, and, and counteract a person's move and be able to anchor down. A center's not used to that. A center, for the most part, is dealing with contact, anchor down, hold on to the guy. Don't get pushed back into the lap of the quarterback. But he's not used to dealing with so much speed and guys who can get their hands off you. And now if you give them a shoulder, they're past you. You give them angle, they're gone. And when they're gone, it's a straight line to the quarterback. And you saw that matchup happening time after time in this game and Micah got home. And, of course, Micah's already in the defensive year kind of, uh, category. Part of the reason why I believe that he was upset last week because he wants this award. Micah wants this award. He may not say it verbally. Micah wants this award. Bad. He wants this award like you wouldn't believe. And he knows that if I don't get sacks... I don't get interceptions. I don't really get fumbles. 
Even I don't even really cause fumbles. And if I'm not getting the sacks, then I'm not. I'm not staying close to the guys who are. The Miles Garretts, the Max Crosbys, the Khalil Max, the Bosa's of the world. But now what Micah has to work with, he has to now fight against his own team. No, not that he's fighting against his team for the award, but now he has another guy who's entered the picture, Deron Bland. And if Deron Bland and Micah are both in the conversation, and it all depends on where they fall, and, and I don't know, voters vote differently. They have different fields, and they may think one statistic is greater than the other. And if, if Deron Bland ends up getting somewhere, but like I said, between eight, nine, ten interceptions, and he gets he breaks the record for five or more interceptions, for, interceptions returned for a touchdown, there's going to be some voters that go, that stat to me is better than the stat sack. That stat is harder than getting the stat sack. And so when Micah might have gotten all of the votes from the voters, now you got to split votes in your own locker room. A writer or whoever has votes may say, you know what? I'm an interception guy. I, I, I'm a, I, in my heart of hearts, I love DBs. I'm going to give a first place vote there. And now instead of getting the first place votes or the second place votes, you got that vote has been split between another one of your teammates. So it's a good problem to have for Dan Quinn. If I got two guys on my defense that are considered to be in the conversation of defensive player of the year, not a bad place to be. But I don't even know, honestly, if winning this game against the Panthers, 33-10, was the highlight for the Cowboys on Sunday. And you're probably saying to yourself, what is a bigger highlight than a Cowboy victory against an opponent on Sunday? It happened before the game even started. Many of you have been around for a long time. I, 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 I am not one who is a lifelong Cowboys fan. I, my dad didn't put me up on football. Hell, my dad didn't even, I don't even know. My dad didn't even come pick me up. So, my great granddad didn't, we didn't sit down and watch Cowboy games. Oh, it wasn't a part of my family Sunday activities. Most of you that I'm talking to, not all of you, but a lot of you, and a lot of you that follow me in my other programs, whether it's Believe in the Cowboys or Hanging with the Boys or ADD Sports Dallas or at, on Twitter, at Mr. Fourth and Long, most of you are Cowboy fans. Most of you are my age, 40, or older, and you've been a lifelong Cowboys fan. Your daddy's daddy, daddy's daddy was a Cowboy fan. His daddy before him and his daddy before him set them on their knee and they watched Cowboy games. And it's, it's dandy Don Meredith. It's, 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 it's uh, Billy White Shoes. It's, it's Roger Stallback and others. And then it comes to the 90s. And there was a lull in 
what was happening. And then all of a sudden, in comes this coach from the U. And they take this 1-15 franchise, and they add a quarterback. And he said, I had this kid that played receiver for me in Miami. We're going to add him. And I'm going to start putting these pieces together. And voila. A dynasty was formed. And the Cowboys go on, and they win the next three out of four Super Bowls. And Jimmy Johnson was the orchestrator, the chef, the, 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 the creator of this dynasty. And infamously, is, his quote is, how about them Cowboys? And then there was the beef. And then they split. Jimmy went to South Florida and Marlon fished and, and did some other little coaching and never looked back. And Jerry called Barry Switzer and said, hey, will you come stand on the sideline while this team, but you don't really got a coach. I'm no offense, Barry Switzer, but you had to coach that squad. That squad was already ready to go. And gifted Barry Switzer a championship, and Jerry went on about his way. And years and years and years, and the triplets go in the Hall of Fame, and guys like Nate Newton goes in the Black Hall of Fame, and you see all of the accolades, and all these players begin, and he gets the Ring of Honor, and he gets a Yellow Jacket, and he gets the Ring of Honor, and he gets a Yellow Jacket. And, uh, everybody's looking around, and they're going, where, 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 where's Jimmy? And people have written books. Gary Myers have written books. And Jimmy Johnson has written books. And uh, Jimmy, uh, Jerry Jones has had statements. It's all back and forth and back and forth. And people have had questions. And people have had thoughts. And people have had their opinions about what happened between Jerry. They've done specials. They've done my life. They've done all the type of stuff. And still, there was no Jimmy Johnson. And the prestigious Cowboys Ring of Honor. Now, Little old me, I look at if a person plays a sport, and whether that's the Ring of Honor or whether that's the Hall of Fame, if you can't tell the story of that league or that era without mentioning that person and their impact in it, they need to be, they need to be in they need to be honored. Whether that's the Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor. Right? Like, you can't tell the 2000s, the 2010s, and even some of the 2020s without mentioning the name Tom Brady. Can't. So guess what? If you can't tell that story without mentioning his name, guess what happens? This is the guy, I mean, and the numbers prove so, but he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He'll be a, uh, so if you, can, if you can't tell the story of the Dallas Cowboys, if you can, and you can tell it without mentioning Jimmy Johnson, you a bad, you a bad, you a bad somebody. You a bad storyteller in a good way. 
But you can't. You cannot tell the story of the dynasty and all these great players that we see on TV and that we we hail as being the gods of the sport and, and your daddy's daddies and, and you and now you're telling your kids about these players and you're still now hoping and, and wishing and dreaming and saying we need to get back to that point again. We, we need to have that moment again. Boy, it, this is our, you're saying this is our year because of what they did in the 90s and that's because of this man. But Jerry Jones, I don't know what happened. I don't know the full story of who put it together, who got these two men in the room, because they know each other. But for whatever reason, Jerry had come finally to the conclusion that probably people are going to say, you don't say that, Arguably, I'll say arguably. I'll say arguably, and y'all can argue amongst yourselves. Arguably, the best coach in Cowboys franchise history. I'm only going to say Tom Landry. I know, I get it. Whoever's dad, dad, dad is still living, he's going to say, this is the problem with you youngsters. You don't understand history. I'm going to say arguably. Y'all can argue amongst yourselves. You have the First Amendment right to do so. But arguably the best coach in Cowboys franchise history. Finally, Jimmy Johnson on January on December 30th, excuse me. As Jerry said in 1923, no. In 2023, January 30th, Cowboys versus Detroit at halftime, the great Jimmy Johnson will finally be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Now, I don't know if you're superstitious. I don't know if you're a little stitious. I still laugh at my boy, Scott. But some may say that the Cowboys have suffered these 27, 28 years of misery because there was a curse put on the franchise. And this franchise was cursed to hell because Jerry never honored Jimmy Johnson putting him in the ring of honor. Now, I don't know how curses work. I am a believer of Jesus Christ, and we do not believe in curses. But I don't know if curses, if, if now him being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I don't know if curses end immediately, like when they do the announcement at halftime and pull the sheet back and his thing is up on the, in the ring. Does the curse end right there? And we have hope for the playoffs? Or does the curse go like a calendar year? Like you got to wait another calendar year for the curse to fully be broken. I don't know how it goes, but some may say that the curse is now broken. And things are happening special for this Cowboys team. Dak broke a record a week ago. Going to a class of only four other players who have 10-plus 400-yard passing. CeeDee Lamb broke an NFL record a week ago. Three weeks in a row, 10-plus receptions, 150 yards apiece. Deron Bland is tied for a record. I mean, things are happening. This team's blowing teams out at an astronomical number. Things are seeming to come together. And I don't know if this is the finishing touches to that, but Jimmy Johnson's going in. And we'll find out what happens uh, later on with that. But that, 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 is, that wraps it up.
that wraps up that game. The announcement of the game was actually better than the actual game, but Jimmy Johnson on January on December 30th against the Detroit Lions, Troy will be in attendance. He wanted to make sure that Troy Aikman, I heard from some sources that Troy was the one that kind of got these guys together and said, listen, fellas, neither one of you are getting any younger. Stop, stop, stop the griping and moaning and, and, and you did something special together. Jerry, you get credit. Jimmy, you get credit. Together, whatever, whatever, whatever that has to look like, y'all need to figure it out, but that man needs to be in there. Let the grudges go. And he did. So, Jimmy Johnson, the ticket prices. If you didn't have tickets to the Detroit game, you ain't getting them now. <laughs> I can promise you. Like, some people's Christmas list just changed. If your daddy's daddy's still living, I know what their Christmas gifts are. If they're Cowboy fans, they want to go to that game. They want to finally see that before they go to their grave. All right, man, let's get uh, let's, let's go around sports, man. Let's go around sports, talk about what happened in the National Football League. Motor City Dan Campbells have done it again. I, I am Dan Campbell turned on that A&M job. Good for you, Dan Campbell. Good for you. Don't let a money whip you to go back to that lowly college station. You're building something special in the Motor City. They done it again. They're, this the, the 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 Motor City Dan Campbell fighting Detroit Lions. They need to do a think piece on this. I'm being honest. There needs to be a documentary because we have gotten away from having patience with coaches and teams and building teams and allowing things to come together, coagulate, allowing to gel and the synergy to come together. We, we, we get so impatient and we think about, we, we need it right now, microwave. Give it to me now. If that, if that don't happen now, we get rid of them. We get the next guy. You just keep, you, you, you keep this vicious cycle. And Detroit has had this vicious cycle. Barry Sanders has a documentary coming out tomorrow, by the way. When you see this, that'll be today. And he'll kind of go behind some of the scenes of what made him walk away from the Detroit Lions. Megatron, someone who I've played with in college and against him in the league. He walked away. So you, Detroit has long had this kind of thing where it just didn't do right by football people, didn't do right by football, the football gods, I guess. And, and it's been a franchise that has been miserable and putrid for a very long time. And then comes in Dan Campbell. And I remember him doing his press conference and he talked about biting kneecaps off and everyone laughed, myself included. We chuckled because we thought to ourselves, biting kneecaps. Ain't even no meat down there. Pause. And, you know what I'm saying? Ain't even no meat around the kneecap. That's a gristle. Like, and some of your players probably got bone on bone, so ain't no meat there anyway. But that was a Dan's, that was a Danology. And we laughed. And we thought, he is a fool. Here is this jacked up, yoked up, dipping from a football player. Now head coach saying he's going to bite some knees off. He'll be out of here in a year. 
for those of you that seen Lean on Me, when 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 Kid Ray came back to the school to see Joe Clark, Joe Clark told Kid Ray, "You'd be dead in a year, son. You'd be dead in a year." When 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 Dan Campbell said we're gonna bite kneecaps and whatever the hell he was saying, I was like, "This coaching career would be dead in a year. You'd be dead in a year, son. Not physically, your coaching career." But what do I know? They gave Dan an opportunity, and he lost. He lost. But they gave Dan a chance to, because what, what happens in bad franchises, you bring these players in, whether you draft them, you sign free agents, and then they kind of get immersed into this bad culture. Whether they bring the bad culture, but they get mixed in it. And now what happens is everyone expects the losing. No one expects to win. You might have a guy or two who expects to win, but no one expects to win. You have this loser culture. And guys, don't they don't know how to win. They don't want to be pushed to win. They really want to just collect their check, get through the day, do the least amount of work as possible, and, and go. And Dan came in and he weeded those guys out. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's going to happen this way, but a la Jimmy Johnson. When Jimmy Johnson came in here to the Cowboys, he started weeding them jokers out. I remember, I know Michael Irvin told me stories. He was like, man, I remember Jimmy came to me and was like, who, who, who should be in this locker room? And Mike was like, he got to go, he got to go, he got to go. He don't want to win. He don't want to work hard. And Jimmy was like, okay. Because in, in order to change a culture, let me take you to the business side of things at times. When, when, when corporations come in and they do the merger or acquisitions or they acquire another company acquires another company, one of the first things that they do, fire everybody. Fire everybody. Because if I'm taking over this company, then I have to get people to now believe in my beliefs. And if someone has been in this company five, 10, 15 years, they've settled in the ways of whatever that culture was. And if that company is either on the rise and I, and I bought it or it's plummeting and I bought it, if it's plummeting for sure, I'm firing the folks of the, the hell why it's plummeting. Now, I may come back and hire a few folks after we fire everybody, but most of the time you fire everybody, bring in your people that know your culture and are able to adapt to the things that you want done. They gave Dan Campbell the opportunity to do that. And yes, they lost. A lot. But then you saw last year, you were like, boy, Detroit's still losing, but it wasn't bad losses. You were like, oh, they're they a piece of two away. Ooh they, they, ooh, they lost that game by three points. Oh, another one by three points. They lost in the last second field goal. Ooh, they were so close. And there are steps to winning. And they've allowed Dan to bring in his own coaching staff. Shout out to Aaron Glenn. Shout out to my old teammate, Ben Johnson. And players that fit his culture, that fit his way of doing things. And now you're taking a team last year who had a bunch of small um, margin of error losses. Win. The same game that they would have lost a year ago because of the culture change, the coaching changes, the, the way that this group has now gelled together, they're winning those games. They were, they were down 
against a team that I packed up and a player that I packed up, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, they were down three scores, two scores, three scores with three minutes left. A year ago, they would have packed themselves up and said, eh. But they believe in each other and winning and the culture and the message and the coaching so much that they said, we can win this game. And they go down to score and they get a stop and they go down to score. Then they get a sit and they win the game. And the way that they've allowed Dan Campbell to come in and change the culture in Detroit needs to be documented. Needs to be shared at one of those hotel uh, 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 lobbies, uh, um, uh, um, conference rooms for $99 with a free box lunch. They should make franchises come in, especially those who don't know how to, the Clevelands of the world, the Jacksonvilles of the world, and some others. They should make them have to come in, colleges, high schools, $99, you get a free box lunch. And the documentation of how you allow a coach to come in, change the franchise, give them time and watch the change happen. Detroit's a team right now that is seriously looking up and saying, hey, if some things, you know, happen on the other side with Philadelphia, we can have a number one seed. We can have a first round bye and all of our playoff games be at home until we get to the NFC Championship game. That's very much so. Very, very, very much so. So got to give a ton of credit to Detroit, man. Shout out to all the Detroit Lions fans. Um, your basketball team stinks to high hell, but at least you got football. The Detroit Pistons are bad. Kate Cunningham even said it. He said, well, we're bad. They, they, they suck to high hell. Detroit basketball. They suck bad. At least you got the Lions. So shout out to all my Detroit folks, my Michigan folks, my all my folk, my Motor City folks, the Dan, the Fighting Dan Campbells, the, the 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 Detroit Lions that are all over the place. Congratulations to you. You have something to cheer for. Your football team, legit, real deal, for sure. Dan Campbell has figured it out. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but you have something to cheer for. You do. You at Absolutely do. Don't miss this moment to cheer this team on if you got a chance. Um, all right. I'll tell you one team who don't have nothing to cheer for. New York Jets. New York Jets. The New York Jets had all the hope in the world. And trust me, I was like, okay, you brought in Aaron Rodgers. There's some hope. And then he goes down. We know about him. Sidebar. Aaron Rodgers is talking about that he may come back in a couple weeks to practice. And if his team is still, in, is still in contention to go into the playoffs, he's saying, hey, yo, yo, Adrian, put me in. Which is, I, I don't know how to explain a 40-year-old dude tearing his Achilles and coming back so fast. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money that leads to that type of modern medicine that can get somebody back that fast. Uh, but... Aaron Rodgers. But when he went down, when he went down, a part of the city went down. 
It was like uh, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what reference to use, um, but when he went down, there was a there was a hope that was snatched away. The hope popped like his Achilles. There was this hope that this is this is it. This is we finally have since 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 Joe Namath, we finally have a quarterback that can get us over the top. Since Broadway Joe popped. And they handed the reins back to Zach Wilson. He's bad. Like he's bad, but not like like his mom's bad. Like she's hot. He's bad. She's hot. He's hot garbage. She's sexy. He's sick. Josh Wilson, Josh, Zach Wilson is so bad. He is terrible. Well, and this is, this, this is what Robert Sala had to, because Robert Sala has a job. And his job is to manage the livelihoods on the football field of 53-plus individuals. That's literally his job, to manage the livelihoods on the field of 53 dudes. And the quarterback being the most important, because that's kind of the driving force that kind of gives everybody else a, a life. And Robert Sala, it's tough. It's a tough feeling as a former player to walk into a game and know that my quarterback will not be able to get it done. They, they know. Garrett Wilson and, and company, they know. They watch this dude practice all week. And they're like, they're saying the F word. I can promise you that. I won't say it. They say it. And you walk in week in and week out, and you're thinking about, man, I'm sacrificing being around my family, my lady, my kids, this, that, and the third. I'm giving up my body. I'm blaming it on the line for a joke of the past for 81 yards in a game. Well, Zach Wilson has been demoted on the season. He has 1,944 yards, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. He has a QBR of 30.8. I think the straw that broke the camel's back was last night. He had a 3.8. I am not stuttering, and I said this correctly. He had a 3.8 QBR. He was 46% completion percentage for 81 total yards. One touchdown, one interception, and he didn't have a single reception to a receiver. Whew. All that's come to an end. They demoted, um, they demoted Zach Wilson uh, for the backup quarterback, Boyles. Not only did they demote him, he went down to third quarterback. He might not even dress on Sunday. He's the, well, he'll dress. He'll be the emergency quarterback. And it's tough. It's tough because Robert Sala... His job is to keep the locker room. And there's no way he can go out there and look in the face of guys like Quentin Williams, Sauce Gardner, um, and others. There's no way he can look those guys in the face realistically when they have their, when they have their, 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 their captain's meeting or their team council meeting. There's no way he can look at those guys in the football field and say, I'm putting us in the most um, advantageous situation for us to win. Not with Zach. No way. And so 
They rally behind another guy, but Zach Wilson, he goes to the bench. And, and maybe, you know, at the end of this year, you got to kind of start thinking about he's done, like here, period. Because you just can't. You, 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 he's done so much damage to his reputation as a player. I don't know what he is as a person. He's probably a great person. Probably. I don't know. But as a player, it's tough. It's tough to walk in the locker room, especially as an offensive guy, and know to take a shot at one of your Aggies, Tay. Like, it was tough at times to know that, you know what, ah, I got to go play with Steve McGee. It's not going to go well. You just knew it. And it, 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 it sucks the life out of you. It sucks the football life out of you. It really does. Another big loss in the National Football League for the San Francisco 49ers, who a team who is kind of finding their stride again. They got some of their big dogs back, but they lose a big dog. Their starting safety, Troy Palomaro 2.0, Hufunga, Torres ACL, he will be out. And that's a big blow for the Niners. He is their quarterback of the secondary. He, he is very Troy Palomaro, Troy Palomaro-like. In fact, Troy is actually his mentor. He's like literally his mentor. He looks like Troy. He runs like Troy. He thinks like Troy. Like he is Troy Palomaro 2.0. He'll be out with the torn ACL. Don't know who they're filling for that spot, but that's going to be a huge loss for the Niners. I wish injury on no player ever, ever. Losing him is big for, in a bad way, for the Niners. But teams like Dallas and Detroit and others are saying, hey, we don't want any losses due to injury. But that team, that defense is down a player like that. It helps out those guys chasing the Niners. Uh, Kareem Jackson, safety from the Denver Broncos, suspended another four games. Kareem Jackson and his uh, his hits, he's already been suspended once. He's been fined an ungodly amount. He'll spend some more time on the suspension list, four games for his latest hit on Josh Dobbs. He, it, 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 he is probably going to be the poster child next year when it comes to sending the videos out to the team of what not to do with, your, with, 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 with lunging and, and using the crown of your helmet. I'm I'm sure his fines have exceeded the hundreds of thousands. Probably somewhere along the lines of half a million, probably even more now, because every time he gets suspended, you don't get paid when you get suspended. So he's four more game checks he won't be receiving while he's on suspension. He had another one. I think he had two or three games earlier this year. So we're talking about six or seven games that you don't get paid for. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. I think that's all in the NBA, in, uh, in the NFL. Did I miss anything in the NFL that was kind of really important? No, Tommy DeVito. Shout out to you, Tommy DeVito. You put together a decent game yesterday, beat the Washington Commanders. I believe that's his first win, right? Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Winning in this league is very hard. It's very, very difficult. And you have a very, very bad football team. But... I don't know. I don't know what Irish, not Irish, but Italian words to say that like, but they do this. I know this is like, ah, they do that. I don't know what that means, but chicken cutlets to you, my boy. You know what I'm saying? Mwah, mwah, like kiss on the cheek. Mwah, mwah. Ah, ah, to you, Tommy DeVito. All right, to the NBA. I think the Phoenix Suns, who I, I'm a fan of that team. I think the Phoenix Suns and, and, and trying to 
rebuild their squad and have their big three. They went out, of course, uh, uh, some time ago and got Kevin Durant. And then they said, we're going to go get Bradley Bill. I think they bought a lemon. Sorry, Brad Bill. Uh, I think you're a lemon. I, I think you damaged goods. And, 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 and this back of yours, this ain't no simple this back. This is going to end up being you need to have some sort of surgery. That's going to put you out for a significant amount of time. And anytime you're dealing with backs, my neck and my back. Remember when Tyson was in the ring? He's like, um, I broke my back. And he was like, he's like, you broke your back? What happened? He's like, yeah, it's spinal. <laughs> Mike said, I broke my back. It's spinal. What? You got to find that clip tape and put it up right next to like, when I say that, to like flash it on there. Like, I broke my back. It's, it's spinal. Tyson's a wild boy. Shout out to you, Mike Tyson. I want no smoke with you, my guy. Because you will break my back. It will be spinal. Pause. Uh, but Brad Beal's out again for a significant amount of time with the back injury. They wanted the big three, uh, and they got two in the possible. <laughs> they, 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 they rolled out a, a hand of spades with Brad Beal. And Brad Beal gave him two in the pump. I don't know if he'll come back. I like Brad Beal. I think he's, a, like from what I know of him, he's a good human being. But the Suns bought a lemon in Brad Beal. On this show, we are a show of talk your talk. We are a show of I'm nice. We are a show of I'm outside. We are, we are, we are a confident show. And if you listen to this show, I want you to adopt the same confident energy. I want you to be like, you know what? I'm a security guard down at the post office. I want you to be like, yo, I'm the best security guard at the post office in the country. If you change tires at the local Jiffy Lube or whatever, I want you to walk around like, yo, and I, they can put me on NASCAR. I'm the best tire changer around. If you work in a factory overnight and you stack pallets and you do whatever, I want you to be like, yo, nobody works the forklift like your boy. Talk your talk. If you a nurse, be like, nobody gives the needle like me. I know what if I can get the vein popping, whatever that is. If you're a teacher... Nobody can do the scan. I can grade scantrons. Like, we all about confidence. So is LeBron James. And I, I, I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan, but I am a fan of talking that talk. After the, 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 the Lakers defeated the Houston Rockers, they asked LeBron. LeBron's 38 years old. 38. 38, season 21 in the national in the NBA, National Basketball Association. Homie's still doing it. Put up 37 a season high. At 38. And the reporter said to him that that was his 108th 30-point game since coming to the Lakers in 2018. And LeBron simply said to them, you know, I thought I'd just come here to make movies. That's what everyone said. When LeBron left 
uh, 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 from where he was at in Cleveland and all that, and he came to L.A. and Miami and came to L.A. It was like, oh, he just coming here to make movies. He's coming here to do the swan, the swan song of his career. He'll come and do business with Magic Johnson and company. He'll make movies. Uh, did you ever see uh, Space Jam 2? Did you? It's trash. Let's be honest here, guys. All right? It's trash. Pack it up. Pack it up. But, hey, talk your talk, though, Bron. Bron said, yeah, I thought I just came here to make movies. That's what they said, right? That's the narrative when he came here. And so they ask him, you know, like, why are you, like, talking with so much, you know? He says, sometimes you got to remind him. Oh, I like that. I like that because sometimes you got to remind him. Sometimes, Brian, down at the post office, you need to remind them. Sometimes, Chris... Down at the packing warehouse, got to remind them, nobody hit that forklift like you. You got that forklift rolling. My man is down working construction, you got to have a LeBron. Because sometimes you need to remind folks. I can mic drop right there. I can mic drop right there. It tastes like, please, mic drop right there. Yeah, sure. So we get this thing cut. Smite drop right there. In fact, I'm mic dropping right there. I had some more stuff, but you know what? I'm ending at that. That that sometimes I should say that for tomorrow motivation. You gotta remind folks. That's what LeBron said. And he's reminding folks at 38 years old. Sometimes you got to remind folks. All right, man, that's it for me. I, that's a mic drop. I don't even want to go anymore with that as I had. I'll bring that up Wednesday. Wednesday. Mic drop. We'll discuss Wednesday. The Cowboys getting ready to take on the, the, the Commanders. Uh, big game. When you guys watch it tomorrow, the game will already be over. The, uh, uh, Eagles and Chiefs. Taylor Smith will, won't be in attendance. She has a concert. Brazil. That was rescheduled. Eagles dub. Eagles dub. I told you. I told you. Eagles dub. And Taylor's not in attendance. Eagles dub. We'll see on. We'll see when I come back here on uh on Wednesday. But that's it, man. Thank you all for being a part of this. Um, if you see me in the street and trying to say what's up, ski, I, I ain't gonna say that. Um, like, subscribe, Mister Fourth Along on all my platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Fanatic Views, YouTube, Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. I'm outside. I'm like LeBron. Sometimes I got to remind folks, I'm nice. And if there's anybody in this space, podcast space, and, and, and if you feel like the shoe fits, wear it, Cinderella. See me. See me. We nice. My team nice. I'm nice. We go up against anybody, anywhere, about any topic. I'm nice. You nice too. Talk to him like LeBron talked to him. Sometimes you got to remind folks. That's it for me, man. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives are better than yours because it is your life. And happiness is in the hands of the holders. I got these big hands. I'm going to hold my happiness. Sometimes like this. But no, I'm going to hold my happiness. Hold yours. Remember, eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.